It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, Ladeep, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And it is, of course, presented by DraftKings. No more buys. And it is crunch time in fantasy football leagues. And always crunch time in DFS every single week. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. All kinds of podcasts. Great going over. O-line, D-line play, and the Defensive Player of the Year candidates with Brandon Thorne on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll have Greg Cosell tomorrow. We had Emory Hunt on the College Draft Podcast yesterday. He's excellent. And, of course, Steve Fezzik on the Even Money Podcast. This is the Fantasy Feast Podcast, where we get you ready for fantasy football in all shapes and forms Thanks to the great Joe Dolan of FantasyPoints.com, where you still can and should use the code 21FEAST. You can also follow Joe at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, let's dive right into it because we got a lot of games to get to. And we got a lot of information coming down. We record Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, so obviously more stuff could happen later. But what we know right now is the Chiefs are playing the Chargers on Thursday night. It does not look like the Chiefs will have Chris Jones. It does not look like the Chargers will have Rashawn Slater, both of whom are on the COVID list, which will be a theme with today's show. Uh, Yeah, Ron. I'm excited for everything we say here to be irrelevant within 24 hours. Uh, That's just the way the news cycle's going. Apparently, there might be some changes to the protocols coming down today. So just keep in mind, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So um, any updated information, reach out to me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. And we'll try to work through that uh, as we see what happens if and when the protocols change, any more news comes out. Anyway, the Rashawn Slater... Um, Chris Jones thing kind of seems like a little bit of a wash. The Chiefs' best uh, uh, pass rusher um, versus uh, the, the Chargers' best tackle. And uh, that that is uh, obviously a big situation. Now, um, the Chiefs have scored over 40 points in both of their games against the Raiders. And this is a phenomenal stat that Mike Clay from ESPN put out there. Of course, the Chiefs have scored 40 points in their two games against the Raiders. Meanwhile... Only twice all season have the Chiefs faced two high safeties less than 40% of the time. Both games against the Raiders. What do the Chargers do as a base? Too high. Derwin James could play. Um, Austin, uh, for the the Chargers, which is good news, he's day-to-day, but the short week might prevent him from playing, which would be bad news for the Chargers. But I'm not just going to be willing to say that, oh, the Chiefs passing game is fine. Keep in mind, they scored four touchdowns on the ground against uh, against the uh, the Raiders last week. So I think this could be a Clyde Edwards-Alaire game. I think uh, Daryl Williams could be in play as a desperation flex if you need him. And then otherwise, Ross, you need to play Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes. But we've just seen Hill and Kelsey over the last two games have combined for 12 catches over the last two games, including in a game in which the Chiefs scored 48 points. 
there's still something rotten in the state of Denmark, man. <laughs> what about for the Chargers on offense? Well, let's see about Austin Eckler. Um, there it seemed to be a high ankle mechanism, uh, according to our um, our uh, injury expert, Doctor Edwin Porras at Fantasy Points, and you know he got taped up, and they're saying, oh, you know, he could have gone back in. He wanted to go back in. I'm not convinced he's going to be 100%, but every indication looks like he's going to give it a go. Good news for the Chargers. Keenan Allen is off the COVID list. He is going to play in this game, which really increases the weaponry for Justin Herbert. I am playing my Chargers. Just keep in mind, though, that Chief defense, it's really improved since they traded for Melvin Ingram. Yeah, it has. It's a good point. Let's get to uh, Saturday's games. The Raiders are at the Browns, and the Browns have, I don't know, 14 guys on the COVID list yeah. the last couple of days. Including Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. Ross, I cannot say anything intelligent about Cleveland Browns. Just can't do it. I mean, as it stands right now, if Case Keenum starts, he is going to turn around, and he is going to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb a hell of a lot in this game. That's what's going to happen. Jarvis Landry's on the COVID list. Austin Hooper's on the COVID list. David Njoku might come off the COVID list, but we're not sure. Um, Harrison Bryant could play this week. There is so much here that, like, even wasting time on it, it we're just going to say something that is not right. I, I And by the way, this isn't a great fantasy team anyway. So, I, I mean, punch is pilot, man. I wash my hands of the Cleveland Browns. What about Raiders? Oh, well, I wish I could wash my hands of the Raiders. I mean, this team is... In a world of hurt right now. It was so blatantly obvious at the beginning of that game that Hunter Renfro was going to catch double-digit passes because it was the only thing working for the Raiders in that game. And look, Darren Waller did not practice on Tuesday. There is no indication Darren Waller is going to be back. In the four games Darren Waller has missed or left early, Hunter Renfro has caught seven, eight, nine, and 13 passes. He has led the team in targets in all four of those games and is averaging 10.3 targets per game in games without Darren Waller. You start Hunter Renfro as a top 12 fantasy. We had him at 12 at fantasy points last week, which might sound ridiculous, but it wasn't high enough. Hunter Renfro is a stud. You got to start him. Josh Jacobs, you probably have to start him. They pulled him late in that game um, against the Chiefs, probably. Because, I mean, he lost a fumble and... I mean, that entire team was bad, but you probably have to start him anyway. Um, Jalen Richard is going to come off the COVID list. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets involved. But right now, this team, it's really Hunter Renfro or Josh Jacobs for me. Foster Moreau, by the way, has been awful in the two two most recent games without Darren Waller. Moving on to Saturday night. It is the Colts hosting the Patriots, Joe. And both teams are coming off a bye, and this game is going to be utterly fascinating because the Patriots got now your now your entire focus with Bill Belichick. The the real simple narrative with Belichick is okay, he's going to try to take out their best player. Okay, it just feels like that's easier for Belichick to do when that best player is a wide receiver or a tight end. The Patriots, keep in mind, a couple weeks ago, they gave up 270 yards rushing to the Tennessee Titans. So I think the Colts are going to come out here and try to do what has been successful for them all along, which is give Jonathan Taylor the football. Now, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, 
look, let, let, let's be honest here. Like, you're not sitting Jonathan Taylor, but I know Belichick is probably going to sit back and say, I want Carson Wentz to beat us. And if Carson Wentz beats us, then he beats us. But in the four of the Colt, uh, of the Colts' last five victories, four of their last five wins, Carson Wentz has thrown for under 200 yards. In the other game, he faced the New York Jets, who, if you saw Gardner Minshew last time out against the Jets, he could have done his taxes in the pocket. So, I mean, you're you're looking at a matchup here where, you know, Carson Wentz has clearly not been the engine that makes this offense go when the Colts are winning football games. He has thrown for under 200 yards in four of their last five victories. I think Belichick's going to want to say, I want Carson Wentz to beat us. And, you know, maybe that increases the the usage for Michael Pittman, but... I'd be a little scared about that because I think Belichick also understands that Michael Pittman, if Carson Wentz beats the Patriots, is going to be a huge factor. This is a fascinating game from that side of the ball because I think the Colts have no choice but to do what they do well. And I think Belichick is going to say, I want Wentz to be the guy who has to beat us. On the other side, Joe, I actually expect there to be a decent amount of play action pass from Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has a big day. Oh, interesting. I'll tell you why I say that. Because I see Bobby Okariki saying, we got to stop the run. We got to come downhill and, and make them have to throw. We got to. Belichick reads that. He knows what they're going to do. And this is why when you're in New England, you're not allowed to make comments like that. So, because that's a schematic advantage. I love that, Ross, because now the run game here for the, the Patriots has obviously been great. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are both kind of touchdown dependent RB2s right now. Um, obviously, keep an eye on Damian Harris because he got hurt in that last game. If he doesn't go, Ramondre Stevenson's probably in the RB1 tier. But I, that might be a really good point you make because, you know, maybe get some downfield throwing. And the Colts have been susceptible to the pass at times this year. Um, Kendrick Bourne has been kind of the guy who's emerged. You've got Jacoby Myers in the slot. Nelson Aguilar. Now, Myers is a guy, if you want... Um, if, if you want him as, as like a wide receiver three, you want him to catch five or six passes, and he hasn't really done that of late. Bourne and Aguilar are kind of the big play receivers, and you're hoping for a big play or a touchdown. And then I think with the play action passing that you that you mentioned, Ross, um, I think that could be a good news for Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry, I, I mean, obviously, they, look, the Patriots threw three passes in their last game. You, you can't really look at that and say, oh, that's what they're going to do going forward. No, but Hunter Henry, I think, is a good beneficiary of the play-action strategy that you're talking about. Wouldn't be surprised to see Hunter Henry have a touchdown in this game. Mm, okay. Before we get to the Cowboys and the Giants, I need to tell you how much I love convenience. Joe, the other day, driving home, Ordered Chick-fil-A on my app, got there, picked it up. What's, what's your loved. Chick-fil-A order, Ross? Uh, you know what? I got 12-pack nuggets and a sandwich and a, a cookies and cream milkshake. Mm-hmm. I did not get fries because that's all my daughters like, so I get them large fries and sneak a couple of theirs. I so see, I see. All right. The nuggets and the, anyway, I, love, I love the chicken sandwich, man. Love the chicken oh, sandwich. It's, a, it's incredible. Speaking of that, by the way, AutoZone. You can order something online and pick it up same day, store pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving your house, like a lot of people don't, you can order it online at autozone.com, free next day delivery. 
You can even order as late as 10 p.m. and your package will arrive the next day. So next time you're starting a job, start it by shopping your way at AutoZone.com with their free same-day pickup, free next-day delivery. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Joe, it looks as if Mike Glennon will start again against the Cowboys with mm-hmm. Daniel Jones having what I believe is a worrisome neck issue. Yeah, and um, he still hasn't been cleared for contact. And at this point, they're 4-9. and nine. I wonder if Daniel Jones is going to get shut down for the season here. Um, and look, it's not good news for the giant offense. Uh, we have a we have Joe Judge, I think, come out and say, don't don't be surprised if our, there was a report. Rather, I don't know if Joe Judge said it, but there was a report that they could get a look at Jake Fromm in this game. So, I mean, the Giants' passing game has been terrible. Canarius Tony, I mean, what this guy has the the world's worst quad injury, and then the poor guy lands on the COVID list. So it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Um, It's been a disaster for this passing game. Uh, Kenny Galladay, since returning from injury in week nine, is averaging 28.4 receiving yards per game. He's useless for fantasy. Um, Kyle Rudolph, 60-yard play was the longest of his career. He led them in receiving, nearly doubled up everybody else. Ross, one thing I'd like to see the Giants do how about that route Saquon Barkley ran when he scored the touchdown? Yes. Sweet. That was sickening. Um, I would like to see them just kind of put him in the slot, split him out more, because you know how Sa- what Saquon Barkley's strategy is and uh, what his uh, style is. And you know that, like, he's obviously not blameless here for his overall down season. But, man, it just seems like a waste of, uh, of so much of the Giants' offensive attack when they hand him the ball 15 times up the middle – and the offensive line's getting no push. And you know what Saquon's going to do. He's going to try to bounce to make a play, and he's going to lose yards. And every now and again, he'll bounce one. I actually thought he looked pretty good this past week, but I would like to see them split him out and out wide more, get him in space, because it is very clear that he is still very dangerous there. Um, they uh, Otherwise, this team is a disaster for fantasy purposes. You know, if you are desperate for a flex, like desperate, you can – put Devontae Booker in there. And I hate to say it, but he had 12 touches. Saquon Barkley played just 55% of the snaps in the last game. By the way, John Ross also tested positive for COVID. So it looks like, um, uh, so it looks like they're going to be even further decimated at the wide receiver position for Mike Lennon and, uh, and Jake Fromm. What about Cowboys, Joe? Dak Prescott's not playing real good. Nah, he's not. Um, it, I, and you wonder if he's um, healthy at this point. Since returning from injury in week nine, Prescott has completed 63.2% of his throws for 6.6 yards per attempt and an 82.2 passer rating. In weeks one through six, before he got injured and before the bye, he was completing 73.2% of his passes for 8.4 yards per attempt and a 115 passer rating. That is literally the difference between an elite quarterback and a below average one. That's that's what that is right now. And Prescott, you know, maybe the calf is affecting him. He sailed the one interception. The one was just a terrible decision. I I, I honestly totally forgot this is how long the season is and how long these last few weeks have been. He was dealing with a shoulder injury in the preseason. I wonder if that's creeping up because his throws do not look like they have a lot of juice on them at this point, some of his throws. So he's not playing great. Um, so he's more of a low-end quarterback one. 
Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, let, let, let's listen to Jerry Jones say Ezekiel Elliott's totally healthy. He split carries with Corey Clement last week, okay? Tony Pollard didn't even play, and he split and he split carries with Corey Clement. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Uh, yeah, he's not healthy. Tony Pollard's apparently going to play this week. He's going to be playing through pain. I think Zeke and Pollard, uh, Zeke's a low-end RB2, and I think Pollard's a flex play. Houston is at Jacksonville in a showdown, a battle of two and eleven teams. Ross, I am not going to make a long-term declaration here, but of the top five games played by a rookie quarterback not named Mac Jones, how many belong to Davis Mills? Because he's had a couple pretty damn two, good games. Probably. The only two quarterbacks who have thrown for 300 yards this year on the Patriots were pre-injury Dak Prescott and Davis Mills. Those are the only two. Um, Look, and I mean, I'm not making the long-term declaration there, but I think that's pretty impressive given how awful this roster is. Brandon Cooks is averaging 14.4 fantasy points per game in Davis Mills starts and just 11.7 in fantasy points per game when Davis Mills doesn't start. Brandon Cooks... Um, in his three games with the, with the Jag, uh, with the Jaguars as a Texan, eight for 161 in a touchdown, three for 83 in a touchdown, five for 132 in a touchdown. If you're looking for somebody to start against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's Brandon Cooks. And if you are dying for a tight end, Brevin Jordan, rookie tight end, has gotten in the box in two straight games. He has. What about for the Jags? They're, they're, I mean, we don't need to get in the whole thing. No, they're a disaster. I mean, Everybody knows it. They're a disaster. Um their best fantasy options are Laquan Treadwell and James O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> the he's lad. a good lad, but he's on a terrible team. Um, uh, that's it. I mean, James, uh, I'm benching James. James Robinson actually played 68% of the snaps and had four yards from scrimmage. This team stinks. Yikes. Tennessee is at Pittsburgh. What do you got in this one? Let's start with Tennessee, where I think I saw like 13 guys got the ball. Nobody had 50 yards. I mean, is there anybody you can play for Tennessee? Yeah, so first and foremost, um, let's throw some props out for Mike Vrabel, who I think every now and again makes some in-game decisions that make Titan fans scratch their head. And look, look, they beat the Jaguars, but look at what Ryan Tannehill is working with. Their leading receiver was Jeff Swaim. Swaim. And they're out there and, and just moving the ball and, I mean, just not turning the ball over. They, I mean, look, they averaged 3.8 yards per play, okay? They weren't good on offense. But Vrabel's held this thing together. They still have effectively a three-game lead in the division uh, over the Colts because they beat them twice. I mean, this is really an impressive job by Vrabel. Um now, the, the guy who I think you might play is, is Deontay Foreman, who looks good in the backfield. Uh, Jeremy McNichols and Dontrell Hilliard kind of split snaps um, as, like, the passing down back. Neither one caught a pass. McNichols played late, but I wonder if they were just getting him back from the concussion. Um, so uh, that that's a situation that's a little worrisome to me. The other guy who's interesting is Julio Jones, okay? Because Julio Jones in that game – he played on under 50% of the snaps in his return from a hamstring injury. And that was obviously by design. He wasn't playing in, in hurry down situ- uh, hurry up situations. He, he was just basically a 
part-time player for them. But I think that was by design. Why was that by design? Because they don't want them to get hurt again. I think their entire focus is on having people healthy for the playoffs, getting Julio in there, getting AJ Brown back, potentially getting Derek, Derek Henry back. He ran around on 23 of Ryan Tannehill's 38 dropbacks. That was actually second on the team behind Nick Westbrook Aquina. And he was targeted six times on his 23 routes. So he's getting targeted on like basically 30% of the routes that he ran. If his snaps go up, and they probably will, maybe slightly, he's he's in the mix as a wide receiver three. Uh, because when he was out there, Tannehill looked for him. What about Pittsburgh, Joe? They got some guys that have been yeah, putting up decent numbers. I got to be honest, Ross. I mean, I actually think Ben is playing all right. I really do. I, I mean, like, I, I, and look, we're grading him on a curve. Like, he's not the Ben of 2008 here. But he's doing all right. And, and, and for, from, from a fantasy perspective, all I can ask for is that he's getting the ball in the hands of the guys who matter, and he is. Chase Claypool had eight catches. Deontay Johnson had five catches. Um, Najee Harris had 23 touches and two touchdowns. He's He looks like a grinder right now, maybe because he's gotten so many damn touches this year. But he's still getting the ball. Pat Fryermuth scored a touchdown. At this point, Fryermuth's an every week starter. At this point, Najee Harris is in your lineup. I think Deontay Johnson has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he's a wide receiver one for fantasy. And Chase Claypool is a volatile but upside-oriented wide receiver three, so long as he gets his head out of his you-know-what. The Jets are at the Dolphins. Dolphins coming off of a bye, Joe. Still no Will Fuller. I mean, has he played in this a game the whole year? He did. He played, uh, I think he played one game. He had a ton of air yards in that game. And, has done, oh, excuse me, he played two games. Uh, uh, he had a game against the Raiders and a game against the Colts. Then he has the finger injury and he hasn't played. Um, this, though, is looking indeed like Miami is going to have to throw the football in this game. Um because their entire running back room is either on COVID or on IR. Currently, Malcolm Brown is still on IR. Patrick Laird is on IR. Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, um, and Philip Lindsay are all on the COVID list. But Malcolm Brown's returning to practice. There's a tidbit for you. He and Duke Johnson could be splitting this backfield, but I think Malcolm Brown would be the lead guy. But I think this is going to be a two a game. Um, Tua has averaged 18.3 fantasy points per game, um, which is quarterback 12 in his full games this year. Uh, He's been kind of a value. The Jets have been an awful team in coverage. Um, We just mentioned, you know, Gardner Minshew tore him up a couple weeks ago. Carson Wentz tore him up a few weeks ago. Uh, For pro football focus, they're the third worst graded coverage unit in the NFL. Uh, Tua has averaged 21.9 fantasy points per game in the games that he's thrown 40 or more passes. Again, you're looking at a team uh, with that, you know, would probably run the ball as an eight and a half point favorite here, but they might not have that option given the state of their running back position, which obviously is good news for Jalen Waddle and and uh, Mike Kosicki, by the way. What about uh, Joe for the Jets? Uh, <laughs> they're expecting to get Michael Carter, the running back, back this week. Tevin Coleman will be back from a concussion as well, which is probably good news for the run game. I think Michael Carter, you can probably fire up as a low-end RB2 if he plays this week. Um, he was really coming into his own before he went down with that high ankle sprain. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. And then I actually think this is a, a good spot for Jamison Crowder. 
the Dolphins have allowed the third most fantasy points per game, the most targets, um, and uh, the fourth most yards per game out of the slot this season. So they're a slot funnel defense. I think Jamison Crowder is a wide receiver three. And if you're dying, Braxton Berrios will be somebody that I think Zach Wilson will look to this week with Elijah Moore, obviously, on IR. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. Joe, it's Washington, it's Philadelphia. I think there's like seven Maybe O lineman or D lineman for Washington on the COVID list. I would imagine that we will see a lot of the Eagles rushing attack. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, I, we'll see about Miles Sanders. Uh, we'll see about Jordan Howard. Um, and keep in mind, uh, this is Wednesday. This is before uh, Wednesday morning before the Eagles practice. We still are uh, not one hundred percent sure about Jalen Hurts' status, you know? So let's let's keep that in mind. But either way, with Washington, the entire defensive line on the COVID list, the Eagles are going to run the ball. We know the Eagles are going to run the ball. Um, and I think with the way Taylor Heineke has played of late, the Eagles are think this game's probably, at, at the very least, going to be close. So I think we're going to see the Eagles pound the ball down the throats of the Washington football team. Just keep an eye on the status of those Eagles. Don't know about Sanders. Don't know about Jordan Howard. Could be Boston Scott, who had an illness and was basically an emergency back last time out. Could be Kenny Gainwell, who had a nice game. Um, Just keep an eye on the status of those Eagles. Uh, And then you have Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, who are their only two viable targets. But we have a lot of injuries for the Eagles that we still have to suss out, and we don't have information on that heading into into this podcast. Um, But obviously, Ross, if Jalen Hurts goes, this is a smash spot for Jalen Hurts with all those Washington football team defensive linemen on uh, on the COVID list. What about for Washington on offense? Oh, boy. Uh, hospital ball Heineke was terrible in that game. I mean, he was so bad. Um, got Terry McLaurin hurt, so we don't know about him. Uh, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, I mean, he had four targets, but he caught just one of them. Cam Sims was their leading receiver. Um, the Eagles are, are a terrible matchup for quarterbacks anyway because uh, their corners have been playing out of their minds on the perimeter. Uh, if, if McLaurin looks any uh, – excuse me, Heineke looks anything like that and he doesn't have McLaurin, they are in big-time trouble against this Eagle defense. Antonio Gibson fumbled again. Um, so who knows if his role is going to be reduced here. They, they put in Jonathan Williams to score a touchdown last week. Um, JD McKissick has missed two games with a concussion. So we have to check on his status, but there is a lot of questions about this game with injuries in particular that on Wednesday, it's hard to suss out, but, um, uh, Cam Sims, Adam Humphreys might be the top two receivers for Washington, uh, against Philadelphia, uh, they, I will say this: Philadelphia has been a really good matchup for tight ends this this year. So I'm willing to fire Ricky Seals Jones back into my lineup. Ooh, okay. Um, a couple more here in episode one of the show. That's so nice. We do it twice. Arizona at Detroit. Well, Arizona has a couple of injury issues that we need to watch out as well because very late in that game um, against. Uh, against the, the the Rams on Monday night, James Conner 
has an ankle injury and DeAndre Hopkins has a leg injury and both of them were scheduled to go for MRIs. So let's keep an eye on their status because those, those two guys have been, I mean, Connor, especially Connor Ross, I will eat the biggest L I have ever eaten on James Connor because I didn't draft him anywhere. I did not think he would, not only did I not think his role would be this well or that he'd hold up. I didn't think he was had this explosiveness in him. But now he's hurt. Chase Edmonds might be back, so keep an eye on that. If Connor goes, you have to play him. I mean, he's carrying your lineup right now. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, how much of that game did you watch on uh, Monday Night, Ross? A lot of it. D- did he look to lack some explosiveness to you? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I think he. I think he often lacks explosiveness. That, that's the thing. It's like. He isn't explosive anyway in the in the way you would uh, – certainly not in the way you'd call Tyreek Hill explosive. But, like, even in the way, like, maybe you'd call, like, CeeDee Lamb explosive. Uh, like, I don't think he's that guy. Like, he's a contested catch physical guy. So, if any of that explosiveness that he lacks anyway is drained out of him, I mean, he kind of looked like a guy out there. And I want – now he's got another injury. It's a little, that's a little worrisome for me because – you know, Kyler didn't play particularly well in that game um, against the Rams. So I'm a little – but all that all that said, they're playing the Lions this week. You know, Kyler did throw for 383 and ran for 61. He just threw a couple of bad picks. But, you know, I think A.J. Green is a nice option this week. Um, Zach Ertz is certainly somebody who's start-worthy at, at a tight end. And you're starting Kyler. I mean, even though I didn't think he played great, he put up big numbers. So uh, just keep an eye on the status of Connor – and Hopkins. Hopkins is concerning to me after what I saw in that game, especially since he picked up another injury. What about for the Lions, Joe? Yeah, they're starting to get some receivers going. It seems like they have a um, a three-man receiver rotation that's working for them. They have Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot, Josh Reynolds uh, and, and Khalif Raymond on the perimeter. I just don't think this is a great matchup for them. So, I mean, those guys, uh, you're talking wide receiver threes at best. Keep an eye on the backfield. Uh, Ikwe Bike uh, basically fumbled twice. Uh, he, he lost one and then had a second one that um, they determined he was out of bounds before he fumbled. So, I don't think he's going to get a ton of work if DeAndre Swift can't go. Um, Campbell, Dan Campbell said he was optimistic DeAndre Swift could play. Um, but it looks like PSAC, baby. Craig Reynolds, their lead back. I told some uh, regalia, Ross, uh, on the radio this week about my beer-drinking adventures at PSAC uh, schools. But Kutztown <laughs> University. And obviously, Ross, you know. He looked first, good. He's he an did. NFL running back. Yeah. And, they've been able to run the ball all year, by the way. So credit to their offensive line. Credit to their coaching staff. Um, Ross, you know which NFL Hall of Famer went to Kutztown University. Of course, Andre, Andre Reed. I live near Kutztown, dude. I, yeah, I grew up so, near Kutztown. Oh, they do. They know how to do some beer drinking at Kutztown University, Ross. I will guarantee you that. Uh, but Craig Reynolds knew how to do some running at Kutztown University. He has looked pretty good. Uh, we we always those PSAC guys. They get in the NFL and they show out. Uh, Brent Grimes went to Shippensburg. I think jo- John Coon went to Shippensburg. Um, so we we get we get those uh, guys in the NFL. Um, did you know, Ross, that the Lions have the lesser Zilstra brother? I I saw that last week. The lesser Zilstra brother. He's a tight end. He caught, he had six targets in that game with TJ Hawkinson out. Their tight ends combined for 11 
uh, uh, targets. We'll keep an eye on Hawkinson's status. But really, right now, the Lions are a team. Amon Ross St. Brown is probably their, their best option as a receiver because Jared Goff peppers them with targets. I think Reynolds, if DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams and or Jamal Williams doesn't play, is their best option at running back. Last but not least, we have got the Carolina Panthers at the Buffalo Bills, home of the Bacardi Performance of the Week. It is the DraftKings Performance of the Week presented by Bacardi Spice Drum. It goes to Josh Allen. I thought they might give it to George Kittle. Josh Allen deserves it. 36 of 54, 308 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Then he ran 12 times for 109 yards and a touchdown, 42.22 points. I like this choice because they could have gone with Kittle. I think Kittle got it last week. So change it <laughs> up a little bit. Give uh, give Josh Allen a little Bacardi Spice Drum DraftKings performance of the week. He was awesome, Joe. I don't know why they didn't do it. Uh, design quarterback runs against the Patriots, and they save them all for the Bucks. Yeah. So, but uh, of course, unfortunately, um, Josh Allen picks up a turf toe injury, and I mean, I think he's going to play this week, but maybe that's why. I mean, he he ends up getting hurt. Uh, Ross, do you know how many quarterbacks all time have had fifty pass attempts and ten rushes in a game? Not many. Four. Josh Allen was the fourth. He was their entire offense. And Ross, this is not sustainable. We have mentioned multiple times on this podcast this season how the the ability to punch your opponent in the mouth, take some pressure off your quarterback. Brandon Staley mentioned it. It is so important. And there is a perfect example. Josh Allen dropping back over 60 times and running the ball 12 times is not a sustainable and I mean, look, if anybody can do it in the NFL, it's him, but it's not a sustainable method of play. Ross, they didn't even hand the ball off until the second half. And their first handoff was to Matt Breida on a fake punt. This team, we, we couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We didn't do diddly poo offensive. They could not run at all. They cannot run at all. I mean, it is an embarrassment right now. Um, Keep an eye on the status of Josh Allen. Sean McDermott is talking right now. He says we're going to take it day by day uh, with uh, um, with uh, we're going to take it day by day with Josh Allen. So let's just uh, let's just keep an eye on it. By the way, Nick Sirianni just said um, uh, Jalen Hurts is trending upward, but will split reps with Gardner Minshew. So I know we talked about that earlier. So uh, we'll uh, we'll no no real decision yet at the Eagles quarterback position. So. Um, let's just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the status of Josh Allen. Cole Beasley, uh, started to emerge there a little bit. Um, and with Emmanuel Sanders picking up a knee injury, Gabriel Davis has been a guy who's kind of made plays here for them whenever he's gotten an opportunity. He could be in the wide receiver three mix for Buffalo. Ooh. All right. I like that. What about Carolina with the two-headed quarterback monster? Oh, boy. Um, here's the problem, because you know if they get down into the red zone, Cam is going to be the option. Um, 
which I think is a huge blow to Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard's a guy, man. Like he's he's just a guy. Like he he uh he had a 17 yard touchdown run, but other than that, he had nine carries for 16 yards against Atlanta. Not exactly the most fearsome defense on planet Earth. Um, uh, so Chuba Hubbard's like a flex option for me. Keep an eye on DJ Moore. He's got a hamstring injury, and apparently one of the reasons uh, Adam Kaplan came out with this. One of the reasons that. They fired Joe Brady was they didn't think he did a good job getting the ball to Robbie Anderson. Well, how about Robbie Anderson? 12 targets, 7 catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. If DJ Moore doesn't go, Robbie Anderson is going to be very important to that pass attack. I just don't think this is a particularly good matchup for the Carolina Panthers. Tend to agree, Joe. Tend to agree. Love episode one. But I still have plenty of questions and games to get to in episode two. It'll drop in your podcast app shortly after midnight Pacific time. We are getting you guys ready for week 15 in the NFL. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod. You can always watch and see Joe's awesome hats at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL episode two coming at you soon. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-GAMBLER. With it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 